0: Today, before we get started, I wanted to make some acknowledgements up at the top. I'd wait until the end for this, but I'm not precious. I know you're not listening through to the credits, and I need you to hear this. So, usually I say each episode is researched, written, narrated, and edited by me, Dara Lane. Well, today, that all changes. Because now I can add the addendum... With researching help by my interns, Anna Tulanko and Rowan Hull. Yeah, you heard that correctly. I have interns now. Don't worry, this won't turn me into some girl boss or something. I will not let this get to my head. I'm not about to start using the word badass or try to empower white women by starting a lifestyle website. I just wanted to say... Thank you to Anna and Rowan and that they are truly the best and they've done such a great job so far and they are so cool that they make me want to physically fight any fellow millennial who speaks ill of my beloved Gen Z. Also, later in the episode, I use the song Goth Barbie Doll by Prince Peach and Do listener Lexi Levey. Go follow Lexi on Instagram at L-E-X-Y-L-A-V-E-Y and watch her music video for her song, Anna Nicole, because you will love it. Okay, I'm going to go play the theme song now and start the show. See you in a sec. Pop
1: Honey, Honey, <laughs> It's like a dream come true. It's like living a dream. Hi,
0: honey. i not funny. But I mean, it, it, it does beg the question. What has gone wrong with young Hollywood? Honest to God, what is the problem? And welcome to season five of Lay Do You Remember This? Where we look back on all the stories from Hollywood's best worst decade, the early 2000s. A time in history when America found out that with a trust fund, a sex tape, and a dream, you too could become a star. As always, I'm your host, Dara Lane. When we last left Holly Madison in our previous episode in our Girls Next Door series, she was Hef's newly minted number one girlfriend, but she was also dejected, alone. Her self-worth was at an all-time low after revealing a new short haircut. Its reception from Hef and the other girlfriends went something like this.
1: I sold my hair. (gasps) Joe, how could you? You're one beauty. This isn't going to affect the state of the union. It'll grow back. No.
0: I'm not necessarily saying that Holly is a Joe, but I can say definitively that Joe is not a Holly. Joe is actually a Lauren Conrad because she will always be known as the girl who didn't go to Paris. I can also say that Kendra has big Amy energy and Mary O'Connor is a marmy. and Heath thinks he's a Lori, but he is such a scarlet fever. Now, I think when Holly leaves the mansion and starts writing her memoir that is basically Little Women, we can argue that she becomes a Jo, but during the early 2000s, she is full Meg vibes. But whether you're a Meg, a Jo, or an Amy, everyone needs their Beth. Beth is sunny and optimistic. And luckily for Holly, her own Beth was about to move into the Playboy mansion. In 2002, Holly met future girlfriend-slash-sister wife Bridget Marquardt during one of the the fun-in-the-sun pool parties at the mansion. If you've ever watched The Girls Next Tour, you know that Bridget likes to dress in theme for any and all occasions. This was not a character trait exaggerated for the camera. Like on this particular day, Bridget was dressed as Carmen Miranda in honor of Cinco de Mayo a 29-year-old woman who didn't really know anyone at the Playboy Mansion, strutting around, passing out Jack Daniels shots while wearing a big red headpiece that I must assume had plastic fruit affixed to it. Holly deduced that this costumed, cheerful young woman must be employed by the Jack Daniels brand because who would dress like this and act this happy if they weren't getting paid? She was not. That was just Bridget a girl from Lodi, California, who didn't grow up with much, but like Holly, was determined to change her station in life. Bridget Christina Sandmeyer was born in Tillamook, Oregon on September 25, 1973. Soon after her birth, Bridget moved with her mother and father to California. This time period marked the beginning of her fascination with the Playboy brand. Here's a clip from Bridget's Girls Next Door test interview from the Season 1 DVD Extras.
1: Playboy is something that I always wanted to do. My dad used to get the magazine and I knew I wasn't supposed to look at them, but they were just, they weren't hidden or anything. So when my parents weren't around, I would thumb through it and think, oh my gosh, I want to look just like those girls when I grow up. And I was really little, like probably four. And I would just think, I want to be beautiful like that someday.
0: If you've ever watched the show, you know, without a doubt, Bridget loves a theme, the iconography of Playboy magazine, and of course, all things spooky and scary. Being a low-key goth Barbie doll was another genuine part of her personality that began long before the show ever premiered.
1: I tell people I think I might have been born spooky because I, was, I always had an interest in kind of scary movies and, and ghost stories and that kind of stuff from a really young age. But um, when I was 12, I took some of my babysitting money and I went and bought a Ouija board. And then I made my cousin, who was just a little bit younger than me, she was probably like 10 or 11, play with me. And um, when you're that age, you just really don't know that many people who have passed away. So the one person I did know that had passed away was my great-grandfather. And so we were trying to reach out to him, and supposedly we were talking to him. But then after that, I started having things happen, um, like nightmares, and, and then some things were happening. I remember one day I came home from school. And I, we'd always come through the back door and I came through the back door and I shut it like normal, went into the living room and I don't know, was doing homework or watching TV or whatever I was doing. And I heard the back door swing open and I got up and went out back into the laundry room and and shut the door. I thought "Um, I must not have shut it tight. Just going to
0: dip in here during this story because it's a little long and rambling as personal ghost stories tend to be. Um, If you've had a brush with the undead, I love that for you but please remember that telling people about it is on par with like detailing a recent dream you've had or shroom trip you've been on it's just like it's really hard for us
1: to care about
0: what you're saying you know okay and the point of the story is i look down the
1: hall and i see my great-grandfather standing there his apparition or whatever and I just remember being so scared and things like that would continue to happen um, for the next couple of years. And to the point where my parents didn't like, all ghost stuff and everything that was all something new to them they weren't they didn't understand it or anything and so they talked to other people in my family and some people said she should talk to a, sh- a psychiatrist and other people said she should talk to a pastor and so I ended up having to do both and my grandma took me to a psychiatrist and then um we had our pastor come over and the psychiatrist was like trying to like say something bad happened to me when I was really little which I don't think happened at all and then the the pastor kind of Said he didn't believe me, but just keep a diary mm, of what happened. And now I look back on it and think it was just paranormal experience. It was not that you know, I mean, it's a big deal and it's scary when it's happening. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't shrink worthy or, um, or 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 exorcism worthy.
0: <laughs> I don't like to be a skeptic, but. Whether your kid actually saw a ghost or is saying they saw a ghost, I think across the board, taking a trip to the child psychologist is a great way to err on the side of caution. Another interesting tidbit is that Bridget's younger brother, Eddie, studied to become a mortician while he was in high school and then joined the army becoming a mortuary affairs specialist in Baghdad. Now. If you go to edwardsandmeyer.com, you can find some information on his business. He makes casts of dead people's body parts for the bereft to have as a souvenir. What was going on in that house that facilitated two siblings becoming so fascinated with the macabre? I feel like their childhood was some kind of chilled out version of that movie, Hereditary. And the ghosts of their ancestors tried to haunt them into healing their generational trauma. Did it work? Who can say? Not me, but if I was a who that could say, I would say props not. Bridget's younger years were difficult with her father often gone for long stretches of time while he worked on the road as a truck driver. He and her mother separated and got back together a few times over the course of her early childhood and then broke up for good when she was nine years old. After her mother remarried, they moved to a rural area near Lodi where Bridget joined the 4-H club and raised a show rabbit named Kissy. In 1987, when Bridget was 14, her mother gave birth to her half-sister Anastasia. In high school, Bridget was the same good-time gal we saw on the show— her cousin told the Lodi newspaper in 2005 that she was, quote, A very spunky teenager. She was very pretty, very valley girlish, and always did well in school. I remember her tutoring my mom when she was taking a math class. At 17, Bridget slowly began to put her dreams of becoming a playmate into action. So
1: it was always something I wanted to do. Nothing that I really thought I was ever going to be able to do. But then in high school, a lot of friends started saying, oh, you should do Playboy. When you turn 18, you should do Playboy. I can totally see you in the magazine. And then I didn't say anything at that time. I was just kind of like, oh, stop it. Come on. Like, really? Like, I would really do that. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, I would love to do that. So before I was even 18, I wrote a letter to Playboy, and they returned it. They didn't I guess, because I wasn't 18, maybe. And then... um, I just felt like it wasn't practical, so I went to school and got my degree. In
0: 1990, Bridget graduated high school and then went on to get her associate's degree from community college. She matriculated at Cal State Sacramento in 1994, where she got her bachelor's degree in what can only be described as the classic hot girl major of the late 90s and early 2000s. Communications with an emphasis in public relations. Then on one fateful day in 1997, Bridget Sandmeyer met the man who'd make her a Marquardt. While at school in Sacramento, she walked into a wakeboarding equipment and apparel store called Ooga Booga Beach. She was on the hunt for a bathing suit, but she found oh so much more. She was waited on by the owner of the store, Chad Marquardt, who was about 10 years her senior. The two began to date and quickly got married that year. And eventually, Bridget convinced Chad to open another Ooga Booga Beach location in her hometown of Lodi. Also, I found Chad's LinkedIn page. And under the description of his store, he says he, quote, orchestrated 13 retail sports apparel and Halloween stores. You know that was Bridget's idea, too. But I can see the math there for sure its a wakeboarding outlet called Ooga Booga. Of course you turn it into a Halloween store when it gets too cold to go to the beach. Bridget really is the brains. Yet, despite being the central California queen of a water sports retail empire, Bridget hadn't forgotten her dreams of being in Playboy. In 1998, she attended an open casting call for the Millennium Playmate and she actually was chosen to go to the Playboy Mansion and test for the magazine.
1: I first met Hef when I came to test for Playmate right here at the mansion and I was so nervous and so scared to meet him. I could barely talk and when he did come over and say hi to me, I just thought it was the best thing ever.
0: Unfortunately though, she didn't make a big impression on Hef and it took a year and a half for them to officially tell her she wasn't going to be chosen. Bridget was devastated, but getting so close to her dream only made her want to pursue it more. In 2001, the Lodi Ooga Booga opened, but Bridget wasn't about to hang around to work the register. According to Isabella St. James's book, Bunny Tales, Bridget decided that she had to give Hollywood a shot. So she and Chad decided together that he would stay behind and manage his stores while Bridget moved to Los Angeles to pursue her career. If after one year she hadn't made any progress, she'd pack it up and move home. In 2002, Bridget began showing up at the mansion with a friend of Hef's named Ray Manzanella. Ray was a manager who was considered something of a blonde star maker. He had at one point managed the careers of Pam Anderson, Vanna White, and Jenny McCarthy. As Isabella put it in her
2: book, Many women hooked up with Ray thinking that he would see something special in them and they would become the next starlet.
0: Bridget and Ray apparently went out on a couple dates, but nothing took. As the year she'd been allotted wore on, she knew that she had to figure something out. Ray wasn't going to make her a star or his girlfriend, but maybe Hef would.
1: There's a couple of reasons why I'm here. Originally it was a step closer to Playmate. If Hef knows me, if he gets to know me, if he realizes how bad I want it, if he sees um, my personality and everything, I have a better chance of getting it. And then secondly, if I want to stay in LA, my savings account was running out. It's like, I better do something. But then the main reason is you get to know Hef and you really care about him. And I really really like him. Everyone who meets him just falls in love with him.
0: Yeah, uh, Hef was the number one draw here. Okay, sweetie. Now you're probably wondering how Bridget's husband felt about her dating these men. I'm not sure when they actually decided it was over, but they didn't officially divorce until 2008, but it didn't seem like there was any bad blood. In an interview, Bridget referred to him as her best friend, and according to the Lodi newspaper, during the girls' next door taping of her hometown visit, they filmed the girls' Halloween shopping at Oogabooga Beach. It never made it to the final edit, but it seems like ultimately Chad was pretty much cool with everything. So in 2002, Bridget started hanging around the mansion as much as she could, not only regularly going to club nights and being an active bedroom participant, but also showing up to the twice weekly movie nights. She was doing her best to prove that she would be a model girlfriend, and eventually it worked when longtime girlfriend Tiffany got kicked out making room for Bridget. For your reference, in Holly's memoir, Tiffany is actually referred to as Vicky, no doubt to avoid legal issues considering she accuses her of a crime or two. In Isabella's book, Tiffany is referred to as Tammy. Now, by the time Bridget bounced into their lives, Tiffany slash Vicky slash Tammy had been there for a while, but she had still yet to be made a playmate like so many girlfriends had achieved before her. She'd put up with the orgies, the rigid rules, and weekly schedule with the expectation that it would pay off in the end. With every passing day, it was looking more and more like it was never going to happen. Much like her capuchin monkey, Pinky, that was trapped in a diaper, that was trapped in a cage, that was trapped in a dilapidated mansion, Tiffany had become restless and agitated and I'm sure it didn't help her mood that she was constantly waking up throughout the night to change a monkey baby diaper. Here she is on the Playboy Mansion episode of Cribs.
1: We have four week old
0: capuchin monkey. She sleeps here in a crib next to mommy. We're changing
2: 10 diapers a day, feeding her every two and a half hours throughout the night without any sleep.
0: One day, Tiffany invited Holly into her room, which was unusual considering they hadn't had a private one-on-one conversation since Holly first moved in. Tiffany was fuming over the realization that Hef would never put her in the magazine. If it's not going to make me a centerfold, I'm at least going to get everything I can out of this place. Which I think is the right attitude, frankly. But whereas I would probably slip some valuable memorabilia into my Vera Bradley toad on the way out the door, Tiffany decided to spearhead not one, but two Zack Morris style rackets. That day in her room, Tiffany revealed to Holly that practically all the playmates and girlfriends had sugar daddies on the side, and she asked if Holly wanted to get in on it herself. This business proposition was a lot more serious than Tiffany was letting on. It was not so much sugar daddies as it was an international prostitution ring that involved some of the richest, most powerful, and famous men in the world. (laughs) Tiffany was allegedly working for Michelle Braun and her escort service, Nikki's Girls. Michelle was the successor to Heidi Fleiss and took up her mantle as queen of the Hollywood madams after Heidi's empire crumbled in the 90s. It was arguably quite the compliment for Tiffany to proposition Holly because Michelle's roster of working girls were not only number one hotties, they were also required to be Googleable Actresses, models, and of course, playmates. Michelle was once quoted in the New York Post as saying that, Hef couldn't keep any of his girlfriends in the mansion At one time, seven of the eight girls living in there were working for me I had one of his girlfriends in the mansion just to recruit for me It's suspected that Tiffany was that girl Hef knew for years that something like this was going on under his nose And he did everything he could to stop it For someone who considered himself the king of the sexual revolution He was very anti-sex work if it came out that his models were moving on to escorting, it would go against the branding that Playboy was a wholesome magazine, unlike smut rags like Hustler and Penthouse. There is so much to be said, not just about Michelle Braun, but other Hollywood madams like Diana Jenkins. Let's just say when I mentioned that actresses were on the escort roster, I did not mean some day player on an episode of Monk, okay? I mean actresses you know. But that will be for a future episode. TZT's. Anyway, as you can imagine, Holly did not take Tiffany up on her offer, but surprisingly, this wasn't what got Tiffany kicked out. Holly could have told on her, but ultimately she decided that there was too great a risk that Hef wouldn't believe her, and then she'd incur Tiffany's wrath. She eventually got booted when it was discovered that she was selling tickets to Playboy parties, something that she could have gotten away with if she hadn't recruited other girlfriends to do the same, taking a cut of the profits. But Tiffany couldn't help it. Between this, the escorts, enlisting women for the orgies with Hef, Tiffany was a natural at recruitment. I like to imagine that now she lives a very fulfilling life passing out ROTC pamphlets in high school cafeterias or, As a consultant for an MLM, I'm sure whatever pyramid she's a part of, she's at the top. The details of how Tiffany got caught selling tickets to Playboy parties is disputed between Holly and Isabella St. James. Holly says that secretaries grew suspicious of some names that were on the guest list for an upcoming party, and after calling them to ask how they got the invite, they simply offered up all the information. Isabella, of course, says that Holly caught wind of it and tattled to Hef. Either way, Tiffany was out and Bridget was in. Who else was left? There was Zoe Gregory, Sheila Lavelle, Isabella, and finally Renee Sloan, who goes by Whitney in Holly's book and Roxy in Isabella's. Renee gets kicked out of the mansion after telling Hef that Holly roofied her at Saddle Ranch. Don't worry about her though, because only a few years later, she met Scott Bayo at a mansion party and married him. Actually, you should definitely worry about her. Actually, they're two terrible people who were made for each other. After Renee got the boot, it was Zoe, Sheila, and Isabella in one click and Holly and Bridget in the other. The two groups couldn't be any more different as Isabella put it in her book saying, quote,
2: Holly and Bridget wanted to see Finding Nemo when the rest of us wanted to see Eight Mile. We wanted to stay out late at clubs. They wanted to come home early. We wanted to go to cool Hollywood events. They wanted to go to Disneyland. On our Christmas wish list were designer purses and Jimmy Choo boots. And on theirs, collectible Barbies and Department 56 items.
0: The girls couldn't get over their differences and their resentments towards each other only got worse as time went on. Zoe, Sheila, and Isabella wanted to fly under Hef's radar and keep getting paid, and they saw Holly and Bridget as two plotting and manipulative dorks who were trying to get them kicked out of the mansion so they could have more for themselves. To Holly and Bridget, the other girls were plotting and manipulative bitches who were there for the quote, wrong reasons. Hef loved feeling like two sets of women were competing over him and was happy to exacerbate the divide. Isabella says in her book that every week when it was time to tuck your bunny tail between your legs and hop into Hef's room to politely ask for your allowance, he would take that time to quote,
2: Bring up whatever he wasn't happy with in the relationship. He put us on the spot making us feel uncomfortable. He would tell us what needed to be changed and speak to the other girls about it. Most of the complaints were regarding lack of harmony in the group or lack of sexual participation or that we didn't watch movies with him or that we didn't want to spend as much time with him as Holly and Bridget.
0: Eventually, though, even Heff realized that tensions were becoming way too toxic. Here's how Bridget describes that time period.
1: It can get really bad. It can get so bad that I feel like I'm not even safe in my own room. I need to lock the door or somebody's going to come in here. Flailing their arms and yelling and screaming about something that I didn't even know I did, it was really bad. I thought, if I'm, I thought if I'm sitting in here, I need to lock the door because who knows what could happen at any moment. I didn't want to walk down the hall. It's like no one's out here. Okay, run down to my car.
0: <laughs> to keep themselves occupied and away from the other girls, Bridget and Holly enrolled in some classes and became official Playboy Mansion tour guides. But it still wasn't enough. They began to wonder how much longer they could take this kind of high-stress environment. Holly's morale improved after finding a kindred spirit in Bridget, but meeting their other half actually worked against them when it came to convincing Hef that he could be happy if it was just the three of them. Holly and Bridget realized that he looked at them as being completely interchangeable because they were so alike. If they were going to get rid of these other girls once and for all, they needed to find one more girl that was different enough from them to excite Hef, but similar enough where they could all get along. They didn't have to look too hard to find her, though. As if dropped there by a magical stork, their new baby sister wife appeared at their doorstep. Lay Do You Remember This is researched, written, narrated, and edited by me, Dara Lane, with research assistance by Anna Tulenko and Rowan Hole. If you aren't already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a rating and review. You can follow updates on the pod on Instagram and Twitter, stream our early 2000s Spotify and Apple Music playlists, and download some Lay inspired coloring book pages. You'll find those links on the show's Instagram. And please, if you like the podcast, share it. Tell your friends. It's true what they say. It takes a village to make me famous. If you have any questions, comments, or show suggestions, please email this at gmail.com. So you're invited to come back next week. We've got a table and I've put you on the list for Lay Do You Remember This.